Hey everyone, it's Lisa Clapper. It's the Yay Show. I made a promise yesterday that I was going to do this thing every day for 30 days and today is day three and I talked all day long and it was like super energizing. So that's the kind of day where I'm like, do I really want to talk to myself? But I made this commitment to myself and to you and the beauty of waiting, you know, and finding the right moment and doing this no matter what you say is that new things come up. And so this is a new course, but it's also still me talking about making sense of life and putting on new lenses, clearing my lenses. And, you know, in particular right now, um, we are living in, it's a very strange world. Um, I went to bed last night. I did a thing which I don't usually do. (sighs) I dug into the New York Times before I went to bed. Wow. And here come the stars. So I'm gonna contrast looking up at the night sky with the New York Times before you go to bed. I I believe, and you all believe, it's important to be informed, but wow. You know, like news can be a little much. And when you, you are hoping and wishing that on one side that maybe the pandemic will be improving and then you read about how it's ravaging and devastating countries like Peru, where Betsy, Betsy and I went, I can't believe it's three years ago, hiking on this wonderful trip. And like the number of deaths in Peru, you know, it's just not even close to the number of people there. And I don't know what's going on and I don't know why, but when I hear about countries opening up, because people are just like clamoring for like getting out and also the economy. And I think, you know, when I hear things like India's numbers increasing, like, I don't know, 9,000 deaths more when they opened up the day they loosened their regulations. What I say to myself and what I say to you is, (sighs) I was talking to AMJ about this. Um, She and I are like, We love to talk and we love to make sense of the world that way. Did you know that about me? I'm moving in close to tell you that. Surprise, surprise. And we don't always pause. And we're both pausing more and working on that. I'm going to pause to tell you that I'm doing this on my speaker instead of with my earbuds. And listening to the rebroadcast of World Cafe, which if you've ever listened to me, you know I'm a giant fan of as the second woman who took over from um, the original man who took over from the woman. So Talia Slanger, big fan, Raina Duris, getting to know her. Think about that. We're just getting to know each other as she leads each of us on a journey five days a week. Interviews with artists, conversations, music, learning their stories. And right now she's playing Patty Griffin, Mad Mission. And I'm listening to this, in case you're interested, which you are if you're listening to me, (laughs) on KUTX, Austin, KUTX. And it's a Mad Mission, and Patty's from Austin, and we got to know her in Austin. Or we got to know her before that, but we really got to know her in Austin. Privileged, honored have experienced her in person more than once and in San Francisco at Hardly Strictly Bluegrass. Love that. 
it'll be back. And also just, I'm moved by this mad, the song is Mad Mission. I'm on a mad mission. We're all on a mad mission, right? And it's not mad at all. It's mad, it's angry, but it's not crazy. It's crazy that we haven't been on this mission. So this is how my mind works. I make these connections that seem crazy and I pause and I'm learning to pause more. And that's why I didn't do this right away. I was gonna do it earlier, but I ended up talking. I had a day of serial talking. I talked to five women, <laughs> one in person, little social distance walking, one man, also two men, counting Tom, my husband. And after telling, you know, I don't know, 30 people or so, 30-ish, about this Instagram thing that was going on today where some white women who have followings and voices that are heard Here's a connection for you, and I heard about it from Brandy Carlisle, who is a... Brandy. Yeah, Brandy. I love how many people have discovered her and that she has this giant following because she's a woman, she's queer, she has two children with another woman, and she sings these songs that just break through barriers and also connect us. And one of my favorite songs, my favorite new songs that she sings is with a group called The High Women, which is um, her and Amanda Shires and Maren Morris and Natalie Henby, who's more known as a songwriter in country music, less a singer. And the four of them got together to create a super group called The High Women. Um, modeled after a super group of men that included probably Johnny Cash and probably Waylon Jennings. I mean, country music, like, legends. And they modeled it after that, but they're like, women need a voice, right? So women in country music are not being listened to. And so the four of them got together and they created an album called The High Women. And they've got a lot of fun songs on that album. Check it out, you know, Spotify or Apple Music or whatever's your thing. You can hear a few of the songs. And one of the songs is Crowded Table. And Brandy did a benefit last Monday. So today's June 10th. So that would have been, let's do some quick math, people. Okay, I'm doing out loud math. I know, it's calendar math. Calendar math can be hard. The hard thing about calendar math, I find, is that every month doesn't have the same number of days and it's hard sometimes to go back, right? So anyway, calendar math aside, I believe it was June 1st because I just did that math in my head after doing my math out loud. Anyway, it wasn't that long ago and she did a benefit for a couple of causes for racial justice to not be anti-black and not be anti-racism. I'll tell you a couple things about that in a moment. And she, before she had, you know, before this blew up in a different way, George Floyd was murdered. Justice for George Floyd, justice for Breonna Taylor, justice for Ahmaud Aubrey, and so many other people who we're not hearing about and we did hear about. So anyway, back to that. So a couple of really important causes for justice that if you um, 
were watching that live show, she was asking us to donate to. And in addition, it's a show that started with that you actually buy a ticket for it. It's a live show and um, you buy a ticket because she said that she's fine, her wife is fine, but her band is not getting paid right now and her crew's not getting paid. So what she originally wanted to do was play full albums live on video for people and then it would help her band actually be able to make a living while COVID was happening. And she did that. And that's where the original ticket went, the ticket, what would you call that? Proceeds went to. And then being a very awakened person, Brandy also then um, made, as that was happening, she was encouraging people to give money to racial justice causes. And this was like, like I said, nine days ago. So Brandi Carlisle and the High Women have a song called Crowded Table, and that's the song that she ended with. And it's, um, she also played, I think, two Joni Mitchell songs, which like, friggin' blew my mind. I mean, right on the piano. So the song is I Wanna, it's Crowded Table, I Want a House with a Crowded Table. And the lyrics are, escaping me at the moment, but it's the idea that there's a place for everyone. And I read something last night, partly when I was getting my head blown off before I went to bed, where not only did I read the New York Times and find out um, that the pandemic was escalating um, in part because of these governmental pressures that they think that bring the economy back, is I'm not going to say this, but I am going to say it out loud. No, no economy is worth more than human lives. And so if you think about what the fuck is economy, economy, I don't know. I took a lot of economics courses, (laughs) Uh, mostly, you know, a little bit in college when I ditched that. And then later when I went to business school, but you know, I don't think it works right now, whatever system we have, particularly in the United States, and there's a lot of challenges across the world, but a world in which, a country in which, a situation in which pressure to so-called, like, over an economy puts thousands of people back at risk and creates deaths that didn't need to be happening, that didn't need to happen, that is, I guess that's economy because it's an economy that is... Um, not valuing human lives. It is an economy that is, you know, I don't know the actual dictionary definition, but let's just say I do not support that. So as difficult as this time can be and as challenging as it is to be, you know, if you're alone and you're finding your way to social distancing and you're opening up and, you know, I applaud each of us finding our own way. But when we go out there and we wholesale like disregard public health then there are consequences and what you know there may not be if indeed a pandemic is waning so what we're learning day by day when we jump back into this stuff is that indeed it's not waning and it is waxing which is only fun when it's a full moon on the way to becoming beautiful it is not fun at all when a pandemic waxes again. So 
let's get back to winning this thing, whatever that takes, and let's be, you know, do what we can. So anyway, that was my, my, uh, pandemic tangent. What would you call that? A pangent? (laughs) I'm like losing it. All right. I'm not losing it. But like I said, I promised to do this thing. I promised y'all. I promised myself. And, um, I also, what I did, I want to come back to y'all. Like, so as if you're a person talking to me and writing notes, remind me that I want to come back to y'all. It's Raina Duras in the background because I'm playing around speaker. So then I dove into the opinion section of the New York Times and it was massively enlightening. Um, A variety of different people each of them black talking about their experience in a variety of ways and this is variety I talked about this yesterday I talked about the day before multi-dimensional multivariate human beings having different experiences in the world in this case um, in the case of people who were born and live black like a lot of that much of that is colored no pun intended by the color of their skin much more much more than even um, other people of color, right? So the we have B-I-P-O-C, whether you pronounce that BIPOC or what, but it's black indigenous people of color. And I was talking to somebody today and we're trying to make sense of that, right? And we're trying to make sense of, of what terms to use. But it's really important right now, and when I read the opinion pieces, one of the opinion pieces I read was about saying that this is not, this is like, well, actually I read that the other day and then I read this, but people of color is a term that we have started to use. And what's becoming um, more known as more black voices get elevated and heard, perhaps for the first time in a more it's um, the right word. Open, human way, like the way it always should have been. I'll just say that. So as as more voices are getting heard, we're going to hear a lot more voices, and we're going to hear a lot more individuals, and that means that white people um, and other people of color and other people are having. We don't know how to make sense of this, and there's a lot of discomfort, as I said, you know, the other day every day and I'm having a lot of that myself so we don't know how to make sense of it but that's okay because uh as my friend Emily said like you know what actually you can get things get really interesting when they get awkward so I love that she said that and I'm learning to get more awkward not just in my work but to get more awkward out loud in real life this is real life last I checked but to get more awkward and also to find, to spend some time in those spaces, call them the pauses, call them what you will. We talked about pauses earlier, AMJ and I, and I'm talking about pauses now, but to also dwell in these spaces of discomfort, these liminal spaces, these spaces in between that I talked about the other day, like um, death and rebirth, right? We're in that space right now as a as humanity and especially in this country, but all of us 
are dying and being reborn. And some of us are dying in a more literal way, which fucking is bullshit. Because if it's like people die all the time and we're supposed to get used to that, but pandemic dying and dying because of the color of your skin, whether it's being murdered by a cop or not having your healthcare be the kind of healthcare you're supposed to get as a human, those things are not the ways you should die because that's called cutting your life short before your time. <sighs> Exhale. So, I learned some stuff last night. I got some new perspectives. I got some new perspectives about this being an anti-black thing versus a racism thing. It's certainly a racist thing, but anti-black specifically. And that's what is starting to get surfaced in a more widespread way. I know I just paused. Weird. I also read an opinion piece in the New York Times about a queer black man of some status and standing in the world of some privilege. And he, he said he's actually way more comfortable. And my heart's beating super hard and I'm like, more breathing because he doesn't have to go out and see white women clutching their purchases, purchases, purses, and people looking at him in ways that are conditioned, stereotypical, biased, conscious, unconscious ways that like they're, they're putting this on him because of who how he looks and because of how he is. And so he's like, I'm enjoying this way more because I, my anxiety levels are way lower. So that's one of the things I read. Another thing I read was about, and honestly, I can't remember these two words and they're not that more that complicated, but it was basically about calling people out on black Twitter. And my friend Siobhan told me about black Twitter and I don't really know, you know, it's not like the dark web, you know, and I don't think it's that hard to find, but it's conversations, you know, we're, like it's conversations and it's um these are people who are coming on board right to um this this cause and showing up with black squares on their instagram accounts and variety of things and 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 whether it's attempting to show themselves as allies or something else and truly doing the work. And I'm not going to say they're not doing the work. But what I'm saying is that the woman I read who did the opinion piece about this is what she's saying is like, yeah, you can show that black square. And then I'm going to find a picture of you with Trump. And then I'm going to find a picture of you um, disparaging Colin Kaepernick for kneeling when you didn't even know what the fucking point was of him kneeling, which was to stop this incessant, relentless violence against black people and particularly black men by police and also scared other people, vigilantes, whatever. I don't know what to call them. 
that seems like it dignifies them with a word that doesn't seem like they earned that word, right? So, um, or he wrote a piece about like not supporting Colin Kaepernick. So like, if you're gonna put yourself out there right now and I'm doing it and you're doing it, you might be doing it, you might not be doing it, but like be prepared to be called out if you were hanging out with Mr. Trump or not supporting Colin Kaepernick, like a guy who stood up for this stuff. I don't know, was it three years ago? San Francisco, listen to that, I don't know what that is. Okay, a pump, is it, is it an animal or is it a machine? I don't know, you probably heard it too. Anyway, back to that, like was it a guy who has extreme talent maybe two, three years ago and got literally ostracized from the NFL and couldn't find a job and the same, um, I don't have a word, I don't have a strong enough word to describe the person who is in, you know, occupying the seat that apparently 47% of America voted him in, um, but that like not only don't get the point, but like drive home like the bullshittest of the bullshit of the uninformed stuff to uninform, to further conspiracy uninform people who are not trying to dig in and get to be learners, right? So there's that. And the thing about the, like, I actually had a conversation with one of my friends about this. And again, the benefit of me, you know, spending I don't know, 30 minutes before I went to bed was that I got informed straight from, you know, the people who are writing these pieces. And also, I also read some other stuff about the so-called, you know, guy, the 75-year-old guy who got pushed and fell and that they were paint, that Trump was painting as um, some kind of like, I don't know, like Antifa whatever that is. So guess what guys and ladies and um, trans people listening to me, I hope some of you are trans. So whether you're a he, she, um, they, a her, him, them, a hers, his, theirs, um, or your or yours, you will um, like be blown blown away by this, which I forgot my entire point and I might remember it. So I'm just going to keep talking. Um, yeah. And Tifa and Tifa. So Antifa is not an organization. I didn't know what it was. I was like, Antifa, I don't know what that is. So Antifa is, is some kind of acronym that people put together. I don't know who put it together, You look it up and tell me, or you tell me if you already know, tomorrow or Friday, or possibly not tonight. Um, It basically stands for anti-fascist. And I don't know what the A stands for. But basically, an anti-fascist, somebody who's protesting fascism is an anti-fascist. Guess what? I'm an anti-fascist. Newsflash, you're probably an anti-fascist. And when you combine it into some kind of bullshit acronym. And I used to work for people and with people and organizations who would make acronyms. And I'm not saying that their intention wasn't good, but the impact, I'm thinking the intention and the impact are equally bad in this case. I had no idea I was gonna do this this way. So Antifa, you know, it sounds like it's some kind of, like it makes it sound like a terrorist organization. 
deliberately. It is not a thing. It is not a thing. Anti-fascism. You remember some of the most famous fascists in the 20th century? Newsflash. Ready? Come on. I know you can do this. Hmm. Mussolini. Wait for it. Who's the worst one? Who's the worst one we've ever heard of? At least in our lifetime. Until the other one came along. Yes, that's right, people. Adolf Hitler. So I am anti-fascist till the day I die. So I would be happy to be called an Antifa right now. And that gentleman, that 75-year-old peaceful protester who's been out there fighting the good fight way longer than I have, (laughs) just woke up. Um, Like that characterization of him on Twitter and the fact that like Republicans are like, oh yeah, you know, I don't look at Twitter because why would I pay attention? This is gonna get in the way of me doing my job. And that was a super bad, like made up accent, but like, what the fuck people? If your president is using that as his primary communication vehicle, you better wake up and get informed with what that guy's doing on Twitter. So to use that as an excuse, you should read that too. Or don't, I just read it in the New York Times. So obviously I took a lot of information last night and it was like, whoa. Anti-black, queer black guy feels more comfortable at home. Um, um, COVID is like exploding again. Uh, like 75 year old white guy, anti-fascist is getting called out by Trump. There's so much more. And then there's the other thing I read, which is like, a guy's like, please don't. I know I read the script. Kat helped me with this. I sent out some texts to some of my friends. She said how to help your black and non-black friends. And that was last Tuesday. And, and then it was like this sort of like, you don't have to respond to this. And what his experience and feeling and extremely legitimate how he's feeling about this is that if you tell him not to respond to you, if you send him some thing that's like, oh, I'm just checking in on you. I want to know, like, I know I haven't been there for you in the past. And I'm sort of paraphrasing something I did. So I'm admitting that. And then what he's saying, and then you don't have no need to respond to me. And he's like, you just spouted your little script to me in a text or an email. And then you took away my agency by telling me I don't have to respond. Which was like, oh my God, how many perspectives did I just like gain through that experience? And now I realize I'm reading this through the lens of the New York Times, but the New York Times is giving voice and amplifying voice to people who may not have been amplified and elevated before so I that was a lot to take in and I'm glad I took it in and I'm glad that I today talked about a lot of other things that were also about becoming an anti-racist because that's very top of mind and also about like how not to run out of energy with that and a variety of other things as I'm yawning to you and running out of energy and I'm hitting like 27 minutes. I didn't think I could talk to you that long about that. So I have no advice for you. I'm just telling you what happened to me. 
And I'm telling you that I then dove in in different ways, like in my serial conversations with six different people, six or seven different people today. And I got super energized by each of those conversations and each of those, each of those people, each of those persons, each of those human beings, each of those, they added this level of wonder and they brought new perspectives to my day and they energized me by giving me a chance to talk to them and connect and learn more about them and learn more about the world by talking to them and also also share what I learned about the world and so I also got to share with somebody that I learned why people might not respond to you right now <laughs> I don't mean to laugh I'm not laughing at anyone but I'm laughing at the like wondrous connection and irony of that is like you know it's like we all go through we live in this very strange world where like we feel like we have to respond to people right away or if we don't respond to people right away we have to apologize for that and I'm like we can't apologize for that like we and I'm throwing a lot at you and you don't have to respond to me and I'm not telling you that <laughs> I think I told you that yesterday and I'm not telling you that and I think I told a bunch of people that in email um, last night and this is how it all gets connected and I'm like I told people that they can do something or not do something or say something or not say something to me and that I was going to keep doing this stuff and that they were welcome to join me or not I don't know if I said don't respond or not I might have said that but I was also trying to give people space and time and show them that this is a you know this is a journey and I want each of you to know you're welcome to join me at any time and challenge me and whoever's with me you know on the zoom or the phone or the walk or the talk at any time I want you to know that and I sincerely offer that because I appreciate it and I appreciate what Emily said about the awkwardness being interesting and I think I never really looked at I never used that word in that way but I talk a lot about the messiness but I think I didn't I'm I feel like like it's an it's a gift it's a it's a sort of a mitzvah it's a lanyap I'm not gonna explain each of those things to you you know I don't have a lot of other context but it's this opportunity it's this doorway it's this window to take this and awkwardly muddle our way through and into this paper bag of like you know that's on fire and you know like punch our way out or talk our way out together and individually and so I love learning and unlearning and actually I you know I don't know I'm gonna say this to you I don't think I think it's just all learning unlearning doesn't that doesn't need to be the word the word's just learning 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 and I will repeat what I said yesterday about growth mindset and I will repeat what I've said before that the words that I used to not I used to 
I used to think that were a bit opaque and they might still be a bit opaque but for me once I understand what that means and that's my whole point with stuff that when people put words in the world that are opaque it's like you um I think it's incumbent upon each of us to try to um help people understand what we're trying to say and help people understand us and I think it's equally if not more incumbent upon each of us to try to understand each other in all of the imperfect nuance that that is and so that's the story today and I learned you know if I can impart something that I learned in a way that might be receptive received by somebody else that's pretty cool you know and if I learned that you know I learned something a long time ago by by about why people don't respond to you all the time and now I have another layer of understanding that's brought to me by um our black friends who are you know they've had to carry this burden forever and now like a lot of us are asking them to educate us and some of us are asking them to educate them us for free and so it's something we have to be cognizant of that that I think it's great and I love to learn and I think we just have to figure out like you know yeah we have to figure out the balance of that what that what we're asking of people and I don't have any answers I just have questions and I I think it's like this idea of basically what growth mindset means is being I said it yesterday if you didn't listen to that and I'm not the expert on growth mindset but I'm an expert on being my own human and stepping into stuff I know we each and all of us feel better when people accept us as our true selves and they are open to us making mistakes and saying stuff out loud and talking about what we don't know like how do i ask people how do i tell people that i want to hire um black women right now without that feeling weird and i think it's like i got some help with like that i want to elevate the voices and i want to elevate like it's an important time and so i'm particularly interested in that and i'm not discriminating against anyone else but i think that's that's an interesting way of talking about it like when i went through this process of sort of saying i work exclusively with with women which i don't but i love working with women and i really love working with open forward facing possibility oriented humans who care about other humans and connecting with other humans on a true level. So that's that, right? Run out of gas or diesel or steam. I'm so lucky and grateful to be in this world as me, to be alive, to be not just a witness but a participant in like as um I'm going to forget my people now. It was either Dr. Akila Kadat or Janaya the Future 
or Diane Edwards. One of those three people, um, two of whom identify as women, one of whom identifies as, um, as, as, a, as a fluid gender person, but one of them and perhaps all of them each in their own way said to me and other people that we are part of the largest civil rights movement in history right now. We are part of that. We are part of that future. So again, many other things to consider, many other things to talk about, like what's the title of this podcast. But for now, I bid you adieu. I bid you farewell. I bid you good night. Good morrow. Sleep tight. Sleep well. Have crazy dreams. You know, if you're still awake when you see this, which very few people are, um, or hear this, um, you know, decide for yourself if you want to go to sleep with all the things running through your head that you've learned today. I mean, I do that every day, but I don't know. Sometimes it feels like, like we've got to, it always feels like this, but we have to figure out how to stay mentally and emotionally sure how to find our way back how to resource ourselves how to take care of ourselves you know there's a thousand words for it so we can do that without ignoring the world we can talk about something on Instagram and not go to Instagram we can do other stuff as long as we're still learning as long as we're still opening up and doing and even yes people listening is doing learning is doing talking is doing a little bit every day every other day every week whatever that looks like for you that's doing that's doing the work so um let's just keep doing our work work on ourselves work on the world can't go to sleep and forget but we can go to sleep and restore ourselves so I will see y'all I will talk to y'all I will hear y'all tomorrow thank you to each and every one of you who's a part of my life and a part of my day, you know, whether that's texting, emailing, or talking, even walking once in a while. Super graf, super grateful, grateful. I'm grateful, gratitude, gratitude. <laughs> um, punch drunk, and I can only imagine what that's like to go to bed every day feeling like way like that so take care of yourself whoever you are take care of each other who says that take care of each other this week oh okay Bonnie Simmons um KPFA DJ 94.1 8 to 10 p.m. Pacific Thursday nights one of KPFA and its associated 
stations. They were some of the first public radio stations in this country, and we need that. So take care of each other today and tomorrow, whenever you hear this, or this week, as Bonnie says. Thanks, Bonnie. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, uh, all y'all. All y'all. We'll talk more about y'all and yarn and you guys on another yay show, if not this one. All right. Namas, yay. Wake up and say yay. Wake up. Wake up. Say yay. <laughs>